Matt, every day starts with Mack Weldon sweats for this guy. Oh, well, every day should start with Mack Weldon underwear. Yes. Because I, call me crazy, wear my underwear underneath my Mack Weldon sweats. Okay. Okay. You like to sometimes do it the other way around, but that's a different story. That is a different story. It's a thing I'm trying to start. Um, I'm all about my Mack Weldon underwear. They're great for the gym. They're great for sexy times. They're great mm-hmm. for life, love, lounge, everything in between. All of it. Mack Weldon. Uh, whatever you're wearing right now, I promise you Mack Weldon is better. They're right. a premium men's essentials brand. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, simple shopping. I'll tell you what I'm wearing right now is a pair of their silver underwear, which are naturally antimicrobial, meaning they eliminate odor. That's why they're so good for the gym. Oh, I like that. Here's the deal. If you don't like your first pair, you can keep it. They'll still refund you. No questions asked. No intrusive underwear-related questions yeah, asked. Yeah, you know when people ask you underwear questions, you say, how dare you? Yeah. None of that. Not Mac Weldon. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code HOMO at checkout. Matt McConkie. Dave Holmes. How are you? So good. Good. We are in a different room tonight. I mean. Very sexy lighting in here. It's really, this. it is as though a Todd Glass came in. Oh, for sure he would approve of this room. I, yeah. I wonder if he has had a hand in this, because we've got no overhead lighting. We've only got three gorgeous lamps across the room. Mm-hmm. It's evening. It's a homophilia after dark kind yeah. of a vibe. Beers are open. Beers are open. God, this is this is great. It's so I feel dim. good. In fact, that we did our ads and could barely read them. Yeah, and I'm sure that will show. And I apologize to yeah. the sponsors. Yeah, please keep um, sponsoring us. <laughs> anyway, how are you? Um, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm excited about tonight. Me too. Uh, we have a really fun guest. Yeah. Um. I've been, I'm also excited. Thanksgiving's coming up, and my mom's coming. We're going to see a ton of movies. Oh, good! I'm waiting to see everything. Good. What's uh, what's on the? Uh, what's I mean, on the list? I think in theaters we're going to do Creed Two. She wants to do Bohemian Rhapsody, but sure. then you know the screeners are hopefully going to be coming in. I have not we'll gotten do a, a lot of one. home time. They are taking their time right now, huh. and it's pissing me off. But yeah. oh well. Have you seen anything lately? I saw Boy Erased. Oh God, yeah, I have to see that. I saw Boy Erased, and uh, I liked it. I liked it. Um, I, uh, here, here's my issue yes. with Boy Erased. Um, it made me want to read the book. I have not read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, now I want to do that. But it was, so the movie was written and directed by, I don't know if it's Joel Edgerton or Edgerton, or I don't know that how you're guy. supposed to say his name, but that guy, Australian guy, heterosexual guy. Yeah. And, what is his connection to the material? Do I don't know? know. I think he just saw a good part for himself. And I mean, and, and it's uh, obviously a, a great story. Sure. So he dove in and adapted it and directed it and acts in it. And I've never been one of these people who's like, who, who like decides whose story each story is to tell. Right, you know what I mean? Right, right. Necessarily. But it it did it struck me as a little strange to have a straight guy do a story about conversion therapy. Because only because and and again, I need to read the book because I don't know how how grim it got in the actual in the actual writer's yeah. actual experience. But like it is as though as the writer and the director, Joel, whatever his name is 
like there's a scene where the facilitator is like telling the boys how to stand, you know, like men. Oh God. And you're supposed to be horrified, but it's like, I I did that to myself three times today. I'm 47. You know what I mean? I've said meaner shit to myself. Yes. Than anybody saying to any of the conversion therapy boys and, and young men in this movie. Like I, my self-talk is much worse than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like still. So you could have a just a backup career as maybe a conversion therapist. I guess I could. You know? I guess I just could, Just keep yeah. that in mind. If I really wanted to unleash that on someone else, which um, would be cruel. Yeah. But you know, it's uh, weird how you can say like, oh, no, it would be an awful thing to say to somebody, but you can say it to yourself all day long. Well, yeah, and just that it, if it's if it's not – if they don't go hard enough, then, yeah. then what, what are we what right. are we watching? Right. There, there's a scene – and sorry for spoilers, but there, there's a scene where they like take the, the guys to like a batting cage and one kid just oh kind of, you know, can't – like just can't do it and he falls down and the balls keep coming. And it's like, okay, well, I just pretended that I knew the names of any Los Angeles Dodgers during the World Series. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is all – this is all kind of so I I it, so it's either one of two things. It's either that it was worse than the writer is like exploring, right? And by that I mean the screenwriter, mm. or they're trying to make it. Uh, they're trying to make the point that the people running it are in their way kind of sympathetic because they're lost in their own way, right? They're not complete monsters. They're just right. misguided. They're just misguided. Blah, 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 blah. But the, I, but I don't think they made that case well enough that it fully came through. And like, why do we need to make that case? I'm, I'm, yeah. You know, that's, that's a version of both sidesism that I'm not right. interested in. Right. And it's, yeah. So that, and then, you know, one of them, there's a revelation about that just doesn't, that comes completely out of nowhere. Yeah. There, there, I will say this, there is, so for fans of nine to five, once we get to the conversion therapy uh, place, there is a Roz. There's oh. like, there's a really angry, like office worker who's very by the book. And it's like, when this becomes a spinoff sitcom yeah, yeah. with that boy, the boy, there will be a Roz character. Great. I think his name is Michael. Okay. That's something to hold on to. That is definitely something to hold on to. He brightened the screen every time he came on. It's just, I, I have been like dragging my feet on seeing it a little bit. I think it's just, it's like, I feel like my childhood was like all conversion therapy. Unsuccessful. Yes. Right. Obviously. Oh, sure. Highly on multiple levels. But was that... I mean, not obviously that wasn't your experience as a as a kid, but um, you didn't have. I mean, I, I had like I was a, a kid who was very, very visibly gay. Yes, and me too. Was, were you though? Yes. I, I I don't know why I have trouble wrapping my mind around that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and maybe and maybe I'm saying that on a curve. Yes, you know. Yeah, it's a curve. That's yeah. Based on, May, I don't know. I mean, I have two older brothers who are very stereotypically, you know, like mask, mask. Yeah, um, but yeah, and I and I, while I never went to a specific conversion therapy place, right? Much of life in the Midwest, as you know, is kind of low level conversion therapy Ooh. that lasts, yeah, for eighteen years and sometimes more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I didn't have I didn't have like the 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 you know, the full experience, but it, it, uh, it stretched out over a longer period. Of and time. were your brothers like specific voices, like external voices other than the voice in your head, but were they external voices who were saying like, no. Dave, don't act like a fag. Uh, Dave. No, no, not terrible. No, not terribly. Um, not like to a 
like never on purpose, I don't think. I don't think yeah. there were any anyone in my family or anyone in my immediate circle was any more homophobic than the culture around us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I do remember um in seventh grade, I had a I had like a sleepover. I had my two like closest friends over. And we went to the mall, and I remember I bought the the police synchronicity on vinyl, mm-hmm. and uh, and that my my friend John, who had been like my closest friend since like second grade, he had a bowl cut, and I was like, we're gonna fix that tonight. And I I got a thing of Studio Line mousse <laughs> oh, while we were at the mall, and I was like, we're doing your hair, <laughs> yeah. and I did his hair, and it and it stuck. It became his look after that. But I do remember like running in with the moose and like a towel and my <laughs> older brothers going out to like go out because they were teenagers or in college or whatever. And and just the look <laughs> was just like, yeah. I have transgressed in some way. <laughs> Didn't stop me. No. And, and again, the look uh, stopped. You did a great service. I think I did. I think I did to the world. <laughs> so good. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, um, it's worth seeing. It's that Lucas Hedges is fantastic, as always. Yeah. I think he and Michael C. Hall don't necessarily need to come out. Have you noticed that they have both come out as people who are, like, straight? Wait. They, they've come out? Lucas Hedges came out as straight? Lucas Hedges was like, I uh, had a crush on a boy long ago. So that is my – Like, essentially this. saying, like, I'm straight. Yeah. But, like, you know, people want me to make a declaration and one time I liked a guy. And so that's Which is like, that's my okay. I can stake a claim on this role because I maybe had that yeah okay uh, and then Michael C Hall was like I'm gay in that I want to have deeper friendships with men oh like I'd like to just do things like Why go to the beach and talk and it's like okay well that's not an you don't need to come like you don't need to call your mom and tell her that no. <laughs> you know didn't Andrew Garfield say I'm gay in all all the ways except that I don't want to have sex with men <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Except for the big one. Yeah. 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 I'm 6'3", except that I'm 5'9". Right. So good for you. Um, but it's, it is worth seeing. And of course, Nicole Kidman is fantastic. And um, uh, yeah. Thank God for her. Thank God. It is a lot, a lot to bite off We've, to have Boy Erased and Beautiful Boy. Yeah. And then isn't there – there's another one that's similar – another – and then Julia Roberts has one it, that's confusing because you've got Lucas Hedges from – Boy Erased, uh-huh. but then you've got the themes of Beautiful Boy with parent trying to help an addicted kid, and that's called, I don't even remember what, Sa- Saving Lucas or something. Oh, wow. Ben. Something about Ben. Something about Ben. So, well, it's a it's a confusing holiday movie season. I hope you get through it. I hope you and your mom get through it. <laughs> I hope so, too. What are you doing? for? So she's coming here for Thanksgiving. She's coming here for Thanksgiving, and we're going to go to a friend's, and we're going to make some sides, and we're going to, you know, see movies and uh, stare at Faye. That sounds like a dream. What are you going to do? Uh, often we go up to Napa, mm, but right. now the state of California is on fire. Great. So we will probably not get in the car and drive north. Um, instead, uh, friends are frying a turkey. Great. I'm going to make my uh, world-famous toasted ravioli. Oh. And we're going to uh, drink wine while the sun is high in the sky. Just here. Delightful. And not up north. Here Very at excited. Earwolf in the studio? I'm going to break in. <laughs> Honestly, with the lighting in here, this would be a gorgeous place to have a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh-huh. A nice Zinfandel and some Lara bars. Yeah. For, <laughs> for, uh, for Thanksgiving. Folks, what a get. What an, an icon. Yeah, a network TV star. In this studio? In this sexy studio. Jesse Tyler Ferguson is here uh, at long last after the break. 
One of my favorite, favorite, favorite podcasts here in the Earwolf family is Yo! Is This Racist? One of the best. It is so great. Andrew T., Tony Newsom. Love. Uh, hilarious, smart, funny, funny, thought-provoking. I love it. I've been a guest a couple times. It's fun. Uh, and it's like it makes you a better person. Yeah. Yo, is this racist? Because that's a question we all need to answer uh, right now. Yeah. I uh, love Tawny Newsom, especially because, uh, you know, I wrote on Bajillion Dollar Properties. Sure. I've mentioned that 25 to 50 times. Yeah, I love it. And Tawny was just one of the many standouts in the cast, and her name on the show was Chelsea Late Lee. I love that. One of the best God, characters of all time. Anyway, moving on. In every episode of Yo, Is This Racist? Tony and Andrew cover racism in recent news and pop culture, and they answer burning questions from fan-submitted voicemails about your maybe racist coworkers or friends or family members or things you saw at Ralph's or movies or whatever. By the way, they're approaching their 1,000th episode. Jesus, that's a lot of episodes, and they've got a huge range of actors and writers and comedians like Dave Holmes. Yeah, true. Like uh, Jim Yo Yang from Silicon Valley and Crazy Rich Asians, like Nicole Byer, LeVar Burton, John Lovett from Pod Save America, also a previous homophilia guest. That's right. To celebrate this thousandth episode, uh, they're doing an extra, extra special one with a ton of guests like Carl Tart, <gasps> Rhea Butcher, <gasps> and more. You do not want to miss this one. Listen and subscribe to Yo Is This Racist on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, we're back with Jesse, Tyler, Ferguson. Welcome. Please use all three. Uh-huh. I was hoping we would tag team the names. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, damn. I, I really keep getting called Tyler, actually. And I'm wondering, like, not that I'm nearly as famous as her, but, like, does Sarah Jessica Parker get called Jessica? No. No. You get Tyler? I get Tyler a lot. That, yeah, I feel like you're so not a Tyler. Yeah. Nothing against Tyler's. No, nothing against Tyler's at all, but... Do you know Tyler Coates? He's a writer. I do. Yeah. Okay. Have you met? Uh, I think so. Okay. Because people think that we look exactly the same. That which is true. It's just we're both redheads with beards, yeah. but that's kind of where it ends. Yeah. He gets a lot of people think he's you. Well, yes. I think I did meet him, and I said, "Well," he said, "I get, I get." mistaken for you a lot. I was like, well, just be nice to people. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. don't try to uh, yeah. you know, abuse the privilege. Right. Uh-huh. People thinking as long as you're nice. And you, I mean, if he's being a dick to people, then I wouldn't like it too much, but he's a really nice guy. Yeah, he is. He's a lovely fellow. Yeah, And a talented writer. I've been wanting to talk to you since On the Town. No. Yeah. My God. Saw it with my parents when I lived in New York. Yes, it was. So 21 years ago. Yes, it was. My professional debut. Is that true? Yeah. It's the first time I got paid to act. Is that wow. true? Well, paid like... Real money. Yeah. Although it wasn't really that great now that I look back on it. It was $600 a week, maybe uh-huh. even less. After taxes, you know, it's like you're sure. barely buying groceries with that. But yeah. it was my, that's how I got my equity card. It's, that was my first professional job. I'll be damned. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Classic musical where it was uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson and Leah Delaria. That's right. Oh, who wow. remain one of my closest friends to this day. Was that the most fun experience you've ever had in your entire life? Yes. I mean, I. I'm a musical theater nerd. That's all I wanted to do. All I wanted to do was like be in the ensemble of a musical. So I was cast as one of the three leads, you know, the Frank Sinatra part from the movie for anyone who knows the movie. And yeah. um, I was in heaven. I was in musical theater heaven. And we were doing it at the Delacorte Theater, which is the famed outdoor theater in Central Park that, you know, everyone from Patrick Stewart to Al Pacino to me mm-hmm. performed at. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it was a really special experience. And uh, I got to meet Leah Delaria and, 
uh, George C. Wolf directed it, who's wow. iconic. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it kind of felt like, well, it's never going to get better than that. Right. That's yeah. so cool. I saw it indoors. Where did I see it then? You saw it at the Gershwin Theater. Then. Okay. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Who were the other two guys? I forget. Well, they switched from the park. And, and uh, Robert Montano. Um, and then Jose Lana did it in the park, but then he was replaced by this guy named Perry Leilano Heda, who was also great. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those were the guys. And then gotcha. I was in the Mean Lee and Delary and Mary Testa and uh-huh. Annie Golden, who was in the original movie Hair. Yeah. And did, wait, what did she? I think she had a song on the 16 Candles soundtrack, also, Annie Golden. Probably wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. We'll, we'll post. <laughs> you think that, or you you know it definitively? I think you know that. Pretty right sure. Yeah, yeah. No, she definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. Hang and up the phone. Some amazing friends I've been friends with ever since. That. I mean, I've, I've made some very long lasting friends from that show. Yeah. It's a very special experience. What were you doing in the time leading up to that? Just you know, trying to make it. Yeah. Uh, you know, auditioning a lot. Where I were you living? Some regional theater. I was living like with. At one point, like five other actors in like literally a 150 square foot apartment. Oh god, we were living on top of one another. But I was just, just what I was. It, it didn't feel crazy at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Just not. Like what you had to do to survive. Right. Right. Yeah. And are you? Do you remain a musical theater nerd? I mean, yeah. do you, you keep up and see everything? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What have you seen recently that you loved? Um. Well, uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Um, I just saw it last I weekend. loved uh, The Great Comet, of, uh, Natasha Pierre and The Great Comet. Uh-huh. Um, what else? I mean, there's just so much great stuff. Um, the There's a new musical version of Tootsie that I'm really excited to see. Yeah. That's coming into Broadway. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Where is it now? It's in Chicago or something. I think now, it just right? closed in Chicago and it got really great notices. So uh-huh. everyone's talking about that. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I believe there's also a magic mic coming down the pipe. I heard that as well. My friend uh, Cheyenne Jackson was doing a reading of that. I yeah. don't know if I'm supposed to tell anyone that, but he did a reading. Uh-huh. It's happening That's right not, now. This is not casting news. Yeah. 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 Are, are you dying to go back to musical uh, theater? Yes. I mean, I uh, since I've I've been pretty busy the last you know 11 years i sure. haven't had the the time musicals take a lot of time to rehearse and put together and you know it's you can't just like jam it in into your summer hiatus so i want to do it right so yeah. i'm i'm definitely excited to go back to, to do a musical um I, I i love work new work people always say what, what, what's your dream musical and i i think it hasn't been written mm-hmm. um but if i had to pick something that's a classic you know funny thing happened on the way of the forum would be probably on the top of my list sure yeah. Did you do it in high school and stuff? Were you I did. I didn't have a great guy? I didn't have a great theater program in my high school. Um we did a musical every other year. I went to a Catholic high school where theater was just not very important. It was mostly sports driven. Uh-huh. And so we did a musical every other year and it was directed by our chemistry teacher, Father Falbo, uh-huh. who was not a very good director. No. Um and in hindsight also maybe a leather queen. Uh-huh. <laughs> when that I look all, back upon tracks. it, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, I think he was a leather queen. Um, <laughs> Just that vibe, or no? I had this conversation. Actually, John Cameron Mitchell, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, yeah. uh, went to my high school as well a few years before me, and um, he he mentioned it to me. He's like, you know, Father Fabo was totally a leather queen. I was like, no, oh my god, you're right. And I sort of put it together. What did you put together? What were the just clues like that you know, like I'm I, the, when I'm, 
had I known if, if I was as savvy as I am now, it's like, you know, the the little page boy leather news caps. I don't know sure. if that's what they're called, but, you know, yeah, like the, yeah. the flat brim news cap wore a motorcycle. I wore. He didn't wear a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He rode a motorcycle. He wore leather jackets. He I, I, I just it was he was a cliche, you know. Yeah. yeah. And he was a biker leather daddy. And he was a Catholic man. In a world of discipline. Yeah. You know, and shame and guilt. Right. Yeah. So he also directed Little Abner and Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, (laughs) damned. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So. Where was all this? In Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh Yeah. Okay. Maybe he's the homophilia listener. He probably is. (laughs) I would imagine that he is. Maybe. I don't know what's going on with Father Falbo now. I wonder if he's still around. I have no idea. Do you go back? I hope he's free too. Yeah. And, and maybe he's not. Maybe he's, I'm totally, you know, projecting and he's, and John Cameron Mitchell and I are both wrong. <laughs> and you just never if know. that's the case, I apologize. Do you I go do back? go back a lot. Yeah. Back? I was okay. actually just back in Albuquerque a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you go, does the high school like welcome you back? Are you um, a returning hero? No. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, what? they're fine to me. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're lovely. They're mm-hmm. they're supportive, and I think they're happy for me. It's still a Catholic high school, and it's right. run by the archdiocese. And I think you know, there's a lot of stuff that they, you know, probably don't want to embrace about me. You don't mm-hmm. think they're Modern Family viewers? Uh, they Maybe. might be, but they yeah. might just you know, love the sin or not the sin, right? Type of people. Yeah. Crazy. That's still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> it's nice to stay in the bubble sometimes, and and. Truly forget that right. uh, people feel that way. Yeah. What about right now? What do you? What yeah. do you like? What's on your queue when you get home? Um, I well, I'm. I mean, I love RuPaul's Drag Race. I love. Uh, I've started watching that, The Haunting of Hill House, which okay, I think yeah. is interesting. I love uh, Insecure. I love Issa Rae. Uh-huh. Um, I. Uh, I I just sort of discovered Bo. Bo, what's his name? Really fantastic comic who wrote Bo Burnham. Wrote, Bo Burnham, who wrote oh, Eighth yeah. Grade. Oh, Holy cow! Eighth grade blue and I'm away. kind of obsessed with him. Yeah, I, 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 I was talking to my friends like I just discovered the most amazing talent, and no one else knew about him. And everyone's like, "Oh, okay. everyone's everything known about him for years." Yeah. I, d- I only learned about him because of Eighth Grade. I didn't know. Right. Well, you got to watch this. Have you watched his comedy specials? No. Oh my god! See, I wrote he's him a off because he's a YouTube guy, and right? But like, he's well, so talented, and me. his songwriting is absolutely astonishing. Really? Yes, I, I want to write a musical with him. Okay. I want him to write me something. He's well, so talented. Well, we've put that out into the world. Right Great. on the Drag Race tip. Have you looked at the uh, the cast list for All Stars Four no. released this very morning? Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Oh let's my go god! It. Are you yeah. kidding me? This is just this very morning. This is huge. Yeah. Okay, go. Okay, Valentina. Great. No surprise. Should we do word association? <laughs> Valentina. Mask. Mask. Yeah. Wasn't she the one who, who did yes. mask? Yeah, yeah, she didn't want to take it off. She didn't yeah. know Pheromone. I'd rather not. Um, pheromone. <laughs> right, Pheromone. Was she? She's the Christina. Oh, she, no, Pheromone was the... The the good the the good two shoe girl the the Broadway girl right no no, no that's um, our dear friend who was just on the podcast whose name uh, Blair Saint Clair Blair, Blair Saint Clair she's been here Blair is the Pheromone. one who looks like Christina Aguilera that's her whole yeah. right that's very her. young right she's very young yeah correct yeah okay okay I support uh, these so far Gia Gunn love her terrific uh, Jasmine Masters. Great. Oh gosh, I don't remember who Jasmine Masters is. She's, she's become more famous since. She says zhuzh a lot. 
and uh, is known for her she Instagram does these, videos. Yeah, she does little YouTube videos. Or, or is it Instagram? I don't know. Whatever. She does little I, videos from her. I phone. think if I had a visual, I would absolutely yeah. remember her. Um, Latrice Royale. Of course. Of course. Uh, Naomi Smalls. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Not familiar. Uh, Monique Hart. Love. Love Monique Hart. Terrific. Gave us the, the best reaction from the, uh, from the finale. Yes. With the, with the poor injured butterflies. Oh, yeah, the butterfly, about. butterfly gate. Uh-huh. <laughs> what were your thoughts on that? Um, I was really bummed out because I, th- I think she was so talented and yeah. I just, I, I, it was a thing. I, I, I hate when drag queens feel like they have to continue to, especially on that show. That's the one drawback of Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race. I feel like they've, they've set themselves up. The bar's always set so high. They have to top it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you just be yourself. Don't try and do what someone else has done because um, you have to remind me of names, but the, 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 the one who won the year before Sasha Valor, Sasha Valor. I mean, that was her thing. And like, it was so amazing. And everyone tried to top that. And everyone now all these costumes need reveals and your, your costume doesn't turn into a transformer and fly off the stage. It's like you failed. And like, that's just, that's, that's the bummer of it all. Yeah. And I feel like she was a victim of feeling like she had to, yeah. create a moment out of something when just being herself should have been enough. Yeah, she was brilliant. So and, brilliant. And now I can't remember her name. Kennedy Davenport. Kennedy Davenport, no. Dav- no. no. Wait, it wasn't it B- Butterfly? Butterflies? Butterflies, Butterflies no, that, was it was, Kennedy? No, it wasn't. It was um, Asia O'Hara. Oh. Asia yeah. O'Hara. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, it, and and I remember in that finale, they were all lined up in these dresses that were that were like as wide as they were tall. Yes. You know what I mean? So everybody looked like yes. a pumpkin and it was like, well, something's going to fly out of every, they, they, There was tricks under every single one of those dresses. Right, exactly. It's like- I just want you to look fantastic and yeah. fierce. And, and Just give me a point yeah, of view. You don't have to literally be a stunt queen. No. No. I mean, it's great every once in a while, but- Sure. Monet Exchange. Okay, okay. Great. I like her a lot. Manila Luzon. Okay. Season three. Trinity Taylor. Okay. And I think that's it. Yeah. That's, that's it. like an exciting year. That's an exciting year. They've probably already filmed it all. I can't go judge. I, I've, I judged one episode. And I'm dying to go back. What's it like? It's a, it was a long day. Really? It was that's definitely a long day. Uh-huh. And I, I went on, I think I went on the day where they had to make over a DILF. So like oh, they had okay. two runway looks. So, you know, they, you have to give them the time to put that together and sure. you're just sitting around. Making small talk with you know Jennifer Love Hewitt uh-huh. was that your fellow? <laughs> that was judge? my fellow judge. Yeah, <laughs> I I never I had never met her before. Yeah, I've seen her once since, and like that's the one thing we share. We're uh-huh. like, oh, we had our drag. We so, called Drag Race Day together. No one can take that away from me. Nope, no one will. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What else? What else am I watching TV right now? Yeah. Um, I do watch my show. I do watch Modern Family. You I'm do. guilty of that. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, to hear. I do. I think if I w- if I wasn't on it, I would be a fan of it. I I I do watch, it. and I, I, uh, you know, we do these table reads once a week, and so much changes between the table read and what, what we actually film. So I, I I actually feel like I get I do get to watch it as a fan because the stuff that I'm not involved in right. is new to me. Um, and what else am I watching? When you watch your show, is there like a viewing ritual, a fan, like a standing date at home there used to be like i used to like watch it on the day you know i'd, I'd watch it live and maybe i like live tweet mm-hmm. I, now it's just it's on my dvr and I've, i'm i'm weeks behind actually um but i kind of like that I, I i like 
it's it's definitely turned more into a, a job that I really love rather than like the super exciting thing that's changed my life, which it still has. But I, I don't I don't I don't give it the weight that I think I did initially. Like it, it felt so important when I first started and it has been so important and it has changed my career. But at the same time, it's this thing that I do once a week and people seem to still love it. And I um I don't have as much of a. Uh, I have an emotional attachment to it, but I don't feel like so I, I don't micromanage my feelings around it mm-hmm. in a way that I used to. Right. But it's nice to hear that it's still important enough that you'll watch it. Yeah. I, I know I've the- seen every episode. Yeah. And if it's on, if it's, um, you know, in reruns and I, you know, pass over it on, on, on the TV, I always stop and, and watch for a little while. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So you're just you're spending a lot of time in front of the television. It's always on. <laughs> it's always, always on. I love HGTV. If it, if there's something just on in the background, it's HGTV. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Are you a housewives person? I'm not. No. I'm not. I've I, and I've I've never been one. <laughs> I I Justin, my husband, definitely gets he doesn't get involved in, in housewives as much, but he watches stuff like um uh like so. So Cavallari, what's oh, that wow. show? Yeah, yeah, Kristen, Kristen Cavallari's yeah. show. And I have to admit, when I when I sit down and watch it with him, I do get hooked. Hard not to. It's hard not to. Those, good. But he's doing some deeper in. cuts in the reality world if he's right. watching the Kristen Cavallari. Sure. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's but, her starting a store in yeah. uh, yep. say Atlanta. I'm guessing. You're all. I think I, I, I'm not sure about the locale, but it's. That's correct. Somewhere so who's not here, and I want to say she's married to a Jay hockey Cutler. player. She's or married a to a very player. hot football player. Very hot all football player. And I know all of this just instinctive. Like, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I have no – I've never seen that. And he's kind of the star of the show, actually. Like, yeah. he, he makes brief little appearances, but he's kind of funny. He's a little cutting. And the, it's all about the staff. Sure. Right. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the last great movie that you saw? Mm. Oh, gosh. I did go see, I don't see a lot of films. Um, I s- just watched Downsizing on the Plane. Uh-huh. And I, I, I loved it. Really? I did. Um, what else have I seen? Oh, God. Um, I haven't even seen A Star is Born yet. I'm what? terrible. I know, I'm terrible. I was just going to ask. I haven't seen it yet. What, what's your snap judgment on it from not having seen it? I think I'm going to love it. Yeah? I do. My friends who I, who I respect really like it. I think Lady Gaga is incredibly talented. Yeah. Sure. Um, do you want to know the originals? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. I, I've never seen any of the originals. Yeah. I do know the originals. And, uh, I think that's a reason that a lot of people don't want to see it because they love those original movies mm-hmm. so much. Um, what else have I seen? Um, I did see crazy rich Asians, which I thought was campy and fun. So fun uh-huh. Um, I saw eighth grade. Loved like Absolutely talked. incredible. Yeah. And I, I hope that that didn't come out too early for them to be, like talking that about girl's an a Oscar genius. for that girl. She's incredible. incredible. She's a genius. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I was blown away by her. Yeah. I felt like wrung out yeah. at the end of it in a good way. Yeah. Just I'd like gorgeous. a movie or a show with her and the girl from the Florida project. Mm. Yes. I did see That's that. A, she's on a show now or something, but I'm sort of doing that thing where I'm kind of waiting to see what the nominated films are. And this is terrible. I should not do this. But like I'm like waiting to see what's I just don't get out a lot. So yeah. like I want to see the stuff that like people are talking. I'm waiting for people to tell me what's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost screener season. Yeah. And that's just the best. I'm excited about the wife. 
Sure. Yes. I love Glenn Close. That screener's uh, available. I have That's it in my house. Is it really? I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna, I don't have it yet. Yeah, I'm going to be watching that soon. Oh, but you get the Writer's Guild ones. Oh, yeah. Totally it's right. a different batch. Yeah, more in there earlier. Damn it. Uh, um, what's on the what – what are we listening to? What are the last few things we've searched for? Are you confident okay. enough to give us your last three iTunes or Spotify? Let's just searches? look right now. I'm going to be really super honest with you. Okay. I love that. Um, I do keep up on music because my husband is always – Playing the new hits of the day. Uh-huh. Um, you got to have a Sherpa. I think something embarrassing is going to come up, though. That's fine. Great. It is. It is the um, recording of Next to Normal is on one of my last great <laughs> search things. Great. And then we have Robin. I knew Robin. I do love the new Robin. Mean, how about when it just when you're like at Splash in 1995, all of a sudden in the middle of the record? Fantastic, isn't it great? It's fantastic. Like it's just these beats that Between I haven't heard the lines in a long time. Great, gorgeous, great song. Yeah, um, Bruno Mars because I just went to see his concert. Ah, and I I got into a Bruno Mars phase. Oh my gosh, this is there's some wacky stuff on here, you guys. I'll take it. Like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel Spotify <laughs> playlist. <laughs> Does that show have a soundtrack? Yeah, it's got a great soundtrack. It's, you know, that 1940s. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of like Doris Roberts. Not uh-huh. Doris Roberts. Doris, Doris Day. Doris Day. <laughs> Doris, Doris, Doris Roberts does not have music on Spotify. <laughs> I wish she did. I wish she did. Uh, she does not. Yeah. Um, but I also, uh, Troy Sivan is someone I, I really like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw his concert at the Greek. Oh, it was boy. great. Yeah. Kim Petras opened. Fantastic. Incredible, right? Amazing. Yeah. Wow. I'm really I'm really excited by her. Yeah. There's good pop music happening mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. It's an exciting time to be it alive. It sure is. <laughs> and it's an exciting time to be on this show. It really is. Well, let's take a quick break. Yeah. And we'll be right back with Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Dave, yes. may I be candid with you? Okay. Well, you know I'm, my teeth are on a journey. They're I don't think this that's way, true. They're you that great... way. You're no. very nice to me. But look, I've, I, have, I have braces at a very uh, inopportune time. I've been yanked this way and that way. Yeah. I had a jaw surgery. Then my jaw surgeon died. It's been a, During? Almost. But we'll do a whole episode about that. But wow, here's the thing. Now I'm thinking, what am I going to do next? Am I going to get veneers? Am I going to just get all my teeth pulled? No. I'm going to go to Candid. Tell me about Candid. Candid uh, has clear aligners that are sent directly to your home and customized specifically for you, for you to fix and straighten your teeth. Wow. So you use their at-home modeling kit, and then you send back your impressions yeah. with some photos. Uh-huh. Their network of highly trained orthodontists review your specific case, provide you with a 3D preview of what your treatment will look like, and then you receive your 3D preview. You say, do I want this? Do I not? You work it out. You can talk to a real person at any time with questions. They'll do a video call with you. They can look at your teeth. They'll walk you through the modeling process. It takes about six months. costs 65% less than braces. It will literally save you thousands. Here's the deal. I am not, as I said this to you the other day, the, my bottom row of teeth is like the Iwo Jima Memorial. They're all just piled up on top of each other. They're all trying to get some kind of a job done. Yep. They're trying to plant a flag. I might... I might go for for a little candid for the bottom. We're both going candid. All right. We'll let you know how it goes. And you guys are one step away from getting straighter, whiter teeth with candid. Take advantage of this risk-free modeling kit guarantee. Go to candidco.com slash homo and you'll save 25% on your modeling kit. Uh That's candidco.com slash homo. 25% off the price of your modeling kit. 
candidcode.com slash homo. Dave. Yes. It hurts me every time I got to look at that head of hair across the table from me. You're making me self-conscious. I, I, I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm trying to compliment you, but also I want you to know I feel attacked by how good your hair is. Because here's really, the thing. You've got such a mane on your head, but 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. Yeah, well, thankfully, baldness can be optional thanks to 4 a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. What HIMSS does is they connect you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. Mm -hmm. And these are well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions, so they help you keep your hair without any snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. None of that noise. None of it. None of that stuff that's going to make your heart jump out of your chest. Mm -hmm. Go to forhims.com and and do it just the way that I said it. Forhims. Go there, uh, answer a few quick questions, and a doctor will review and can prescribe you. I'm going to ship it directly to your door. No waiting rooms, no awkward doctor visits, Mm -hmm. none of it. None of it. Order now. Our listeners get a free trial month of hymns. It's not actually free. Here's how much you pay for it. It's $5. It's almost free. It is the closest thing. It's almost, it's one of the closest things to free. Pretty close. Yeah. While supplies last, see their website for full details. Because by the way, it will cost like hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Yeah, that's right. But you're not going to do that. What you're going to do is go to forhims.com slash homo. F O R H I M S. Sorry, I dove right in. I was very Jump I was in. really spell eager it, spell it, spell to it. avenge the awful way that I said this earlier. F O R H I M S dot com slash homo. And I did just say slash homo. Slash shit. We're refreshed. We're back. With Jesse yeah, Tyler Ferguson. That's a nice break. Thank yeah, you, you feel good? I do. Yeah, yeah, me too. I do. Me too. We needed it. Yeah. What did we talk about on that break? Um, what did, what did we, I think we were going through Doris Roberts's um, <laughs> playlist. <laughs> yeah. Her greatest hits. Some of our favorite hits. From uh, so you are married. I am married, yeah. How long have you been married? We have been married about five and a half years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did how did meet? you meet? Yeah. I met Justin at the gym. Really? Yeah, Which in West gym? Hollywood. What, the Equinox in West Hollywood. Uh-huh. We met in the locker room. We were both fully clothed. Um, I He was in l- law school at the time yeah. and was working on um, the Proposition 8. You know, he's working for marriage. Uh, uh, and he had just watched the pilot Modern Family and just wanted to tell me that he thought the show was going to do really great things socially for, you know, the fight for, you know, LGBTQ equality and, you know, the marriage department. Um, and uh, I was like, well, what's your name? What do you do for a living? How old are you? I started asking a lot of hard questions. Yeah. Just wanted to get like a, a little profile on him. And um, I ended up asking him out and he had a boyfriend at the time, someone who actually I'm close with back to this day. Um, did you know him then? I didn't know him then. I've become friends with him since. Okay. But Justin was like, you know, I, ha- I have a boyfriend, but I'd love to go out with you as, as, as friends. And I... I had gone on a lot of dates in the recent past where I was like these really weird, ambiguous, like, are we friends? Are we right. interested in one another? And I was like, I don't want to do that. So I said, you know, I, I have enough friends <laughs> is the answer I gave him. Yeah. Good answer. And uh, I think that really kind of like piqued his interest. Um, and when he was and I kept seeing him at the gym and we'd always talk and I would always, you know, remember to ask about the things in his life that mattered. I knew mm-hmm. he was in law school and. At one point I asked about his boyfriend, you know, a few months later and he said that they'd broken up. So I said, great, well, let's go out on that date. Uh-huh. And I said, and just, you know, it's, it is a date I'm, I'm paying and it's, it's a date. It doesn't, nothing has to happen, uh-huh. but it, I'm considering it a date. 
I, I just couldn't do the ambiguous no. thing. You've got to ask. And then we've been together. We've been world. together ever since. I love it. Yeah. Where'd you go? Cafe Stella. Nice. In Los Feliz. Great Silver date Lake spot. area. Yeah. Yeah. I I want to hear a little bit about that period of time when you with all those ambiguous like friend dates. Right. Was that happening pre-modern family? Mm, a little, kind of. I did a show called The Class, and that was what brought me out to, yeah. to Los Angeles. That ran a season, and then I had this like weird. Then the writer strike happened. I had this like weird dead time where I was just sort of like waiting things out, and I I dated some people on that time. So I'd, I'd had a show on TV, but I wasn't. I don't think I was like quote unquote famous by any means. I think some people mm. knew that I was an actor who had just gotten off something, but like I didn't feel like. They were after anything. Right. Um, but there was a, 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 during the first season of Modern Family, I was going out on some dates and it's so funny. I, I, I remember talking to Sarah Gilbert about, about this because I was like, I, I'm just nervous about, she and I did the class together. She played my wife on the yeah. class. And uh, I said, I'm, I'm nervous about going out on dates with people. I, don't, I just don't know what their intentions are. And she said, look, Jessica, I, I, she's like, I've been in this business for a long time and I've been, you know, someone that people have known for a long time. She goes, someone dating you because you're on TV and famous is just as shallow as you wanting to date them because they're handsome. And I said, you know what? You're right. And she goes, all that fades away. Like either they'll get to the core of who you are or they won't. And like, you'll know. So like, don't let that be something that, that, you know, deters you like up front. Don't let that be a wall. Like let, That's you know, a great let it be what it is. Yeah. And I was like, you know, you're right. So. That's- Really good advice. Really good advice. Wow. But and so you were meeting guys out, just out in the world. Yeah, and- it was sort of before the whole, you know, app yeah. phase uh, happened. Um, I think I joined Grinder for like three months when it first was released because were you headless? No, I mean I, I thought it was like a da- just a dating app. Like I was like <laughs> just my full face. Yeah, and I. And I think at the beginning, you know, it, it wasn't really, it, it felt like it was m- legitimately for like meeting people to go out on dates with. Yeah. Um, I don't, I guess it's maybe changed and shifted a little bit. Yeah. It has a, you know, certain connotation to it now. But um, I, I was on Connection. Oh, which I was, was like, the, were you on that? Yeah. It was kind of like, how would we describe it? The, the MySpace of, for, for gay dating? Yeah. It had a, it had a wholesome vibe to it. It or did. It had an yeah. upscale vibe to it yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I did. And I, so I felt safe on that. Mm. I actually met a lot of people on that. Um, RIP connection. It's not around anymore. I, I imagine. So connection, connection. Um, but yeah, this was before like Instagram and sure. Facebook was really big. Um, and I, you know, I met people out like the old fashioned way. Yeah. Where, like in what neighborhood did you live in New York? In, in Silver Lake. Oh, in, 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 uh, in New York, I lived, yeah. um, I lived in Brooklyn mostly. Uh, okay. Um, but I would hang out in the East Village. That was sort of my jam. Were you a Boiler Room Phoenix kind mm-hmm. of person? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Starlight back back when R.I.P. Oh, Starlight. Mm-hmm. Starlight. And then when you're here, are you a um, Akbar. Akbar person? If I, I mean, go that- out, I really don't. A friend of mine just asked me where where they should go with a group of people. I was like, you're asking the absolute wrong person. I have no idea. Yeah, but I do love Akbar still. But in that period of your life, were you were you that was your spot yeah yeah I, I mean i was at akbar maybe like three or four times a week with friends just hanging out because i was single and trying to meet people yeah 
putting myself out there and I, you know, close enough that I could walk to it. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I just went back to the boiler room with a friend of mine from like from the 90s in New York. Uh-huh. And, and the best part about that place was that it was kind of revolutionary for a New York gay bar in that it was a like it was one of those 99 CD yeah. jukeboxes. Yeah. And it was like pool it was, table. It was pool table, but it would be like. You know, like John Spencer Blues Explosion and Stereo Lab and right. like, you know, weird stuff. Right. And then Madonna's Immaculate Collection. Right. Would be like the 99 yeah, 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 CD. Yeah, exactly. And like during the week, it was, you would hear all the funky sort of right. indie music. And, and also, then, nothing has changed in there. Well, except now it's an internet jukebox, so you can play whatever you want. Oh, and so I feel okay. like something is. But lost. that's literally the only thing that's changed in there. Mm-hmm. It's truly, yeah. That's and I think thing. maybe they added a photo booth. They did add a photo booth. <laughs> they did add a photo booth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, and they moved the the pool table. They still have shitty tequila. Let me tell you that. I'm sure that's true. They have like one bottle of well. <laughs> yeah, unacceptable. Not good. Not boiler room. Pull it together. Pull it together, boiler room. No, but I a still great love. Place. I still love the boiler room. Yeah, I do. it's uh, it's a classic. So pre Justin, what was your last significant relationship? I dated another actor when I first. So this was right. It was one of those. Um, one of the guys in between the class and modern family starting. Um, I dated him for about 10 months and that felt pretty significant. And he was an actor and he struggled. He wasn't, you know, it's, it's tricky and actors. I I would never want to date an actor. And I, I was just, that was like his one drawback with me. He's like, I don't know. I do not want to be with an actor. Um, But it was tricky. And, you know, there was, there was competition and I was doing better than he was. And, um, Were you going up for the same roles? No, not really. I mean, I, you know, he's. I think he did have an agent, but it was like you know they weren't. He wasn't sending being sent out on right. substantial things, and I had just done a series regular on a big sitcom, so like yeah. I was just in a different, you know, stage of my career than he was, and it was tricky. It was hard, but great guy. I mean, I haven't really heard from him. I think he moved out of L.A., but Oof. yeah, did it end badly? No, I mean, I was pretty raw after that. And it was, you know, when you look back on 10 months, it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I think about 10 months with Justin and it's, you know, I don't know, it flies by in my mind. But um, yeah, it, it felt significant. Yeah, 10 months is enough to start throwing I love yous around. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There was definitely that. And all that stuff. Absolutely. And were you in your dating history, did you tend to be the the dumper or the dumpy? I was always the the one to get dumped. No. Really? Yeah. yeah, mostly. Even in that uh, mm-hmm. relationship? Yeah, he he was like, I, I he called it quits. Yeah. But he, he just he slightly take it. He scarred couldn't. from all that, yeah. Uh-huh. I believe me, I get it. Yeah. And were these, did these come out of nowhere, or was it like you kind of knew the thing? No, I mean, and it's, it wasn't like, ever, it, this isn't like, you know, thumb, rule of thumb. It was, uh, I, I, there was a few that I backed away from yeah. that were moving too fast for there was another guy I dated who like introduced me on like our third or fourth date out as, as his boyfriend to someone. I was like, oh we God. haven't talked about this. This is making me feel very panicky. Yeah, that's yeah. That's a but he was cute. Get it. Well, so I let it slide. You got to let those things slide yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, all right. So Catholic high school, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Was it all boys? No. Okay. No. Co-ed Catholic high school. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How big, how big a class? Um, I, gosh, maybe 200 people in my graduating class. Okay. It, was, it was pretty big uh-huh. for a Catholic high school. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah. What was that like being like a young, were you aware of your sexuality at that, that time in your life? Yes. And I think people were aware of my sexuality as well. And I didn't talk about it. I certainly wasn't out, but, um, I, I knew that people knew it's interesting. I, I, I didn't talk about it, but then at the same time, like, so I, to back up a little bit, I, I mentioned I didn't have a, a theater program in my high school. So I started the speech and debate club. Hmm. Um, and you know, I, there, there's a, there's a, a, a part of speech and debate where you just do monologues. Yeah. And I was, uh, very involved in dramatic interpretation uh-huh. and I did my junior year of, uh, high school i did a cutting of angels in america oh wow which i had read cover to cover 10 times probably and i just was obsessed with that play and so i did a cutting of angels in america and i played several different roles and i ended up going to nationals with angels in america this cutting of angels in america nationals was in the bible belt that year so i went to kansas city i think and i did angels in america and i was to not make it very far they i were didn't, like we were expecting different I didn't angels. place yeah yeah, yeah 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 um but when i came back um my theology teacher of all people said we'd love for you to to show the class like what you did or you know you were really proud of you for for doing this and, like would you do it for the class and i sort of pulled him aside i said i don't know if this is appropriate for me to perform in front of my theology class, you know, my, my, basically my, my religion class. Yeah. And he's like, no, I, I, I've done some homework on it. I think it'd be great. You should do it. So I ended up doing it. And, um, it's so funny. All these, I didn't have a lot of friends in high school and a lot of people, you know, just didn't pay attention to me, but I had a lot of, you know, bullies that, you know, were very actively paying attention to me in a negative way. But a lot of the people who just never even like seemed to look at, like they basically looked through me like saw me for the first time. And I remember several people coming up to me and telling me that they were so happy that I did that for them. And they thought I was really talented and they were like, you're going to be on Broadway someday. I think you're, you're, you know, obviously you're, you have a lot of passion for what you do. And I, it, that's, that's the only way I could describe it is people saw me for the first time. Um, because I was, I, I was, I wanted to be invisible. I didn't have a lot of friends. I was very insecure with who I was. Um, and I loved acting, which was sort of surprised my mom. And it's why I got into it in the first place, because I felt like that was a place where I could be myself. Right. So. Um, and have any of those bullies ever reached out? Like a few adult? have reached out on social media. Um, and when I go home, I sometimes run into people, you know, with like the local target. And it's fine. I feel like people have alternate versions of like what happened and maybe in their mind, they, they didn't think they were terrible to me, but it, it, you know, I was traumatized by a lot of these people. And, um, there were certainly people who, like I said, just didn't give me the time of day. And I actually really, um, I I respected that. I was like, I'd rather be invisible to you than be someone you're hunting down. So if it's, the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Um, and not to say I didn't have any friends. I certainly that had a, a small group of people that I was close with that I remain close with today. Um, but yeah, a few of those people reached out and, um, you know, certainly being on a show like modern family and it's very popular. And I know mm-hmm. probably most of my class knows what I became, which is 
fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, that was one of the reasons that, you know, I, I, there was already a Jesse Ferguson in um, the union and I thought about changing my name, my last name so, so I could stay in the union. That's why I added the Tyler. Cause I like, I, I want people to know that this is me who made yeah. it. Let there be uh, no yeah. mistake. Yeah. 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 When you heard from those people were any of the, did you ever have this um, moment where it sort of crystallized? Like it, it was like a healing um, apology. Um, I don't know if I ever got a f- clear apology. There's one person I'm thinking of in particular who reached out on, on social media and like, I kind of ignored it and he got very hostile t- toward me again on, on social media. And I was like, well, you know what? This is exactly why all over again. Yeah. Wow. And it was kind of like, I'm trying to be nice to you. Jesus. And I was like, well, this is, this is nothing's changed here. Yeah. Wow. Try harder. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, I mean, did the, were you sort of caught up in the Catholic like guilt and shame around sexuality of any kind, but particularly homosexuality being yeah, yeah. in that environment? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I went to church every morning in grade school. That was part of our um, our day. You know, every day started with thirty minutes of mass, mm-hmm. you know, communion and all that. So, uh, and you know, my parents were active in the church and became less so once we left school. It's almost like they were doing it for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I went to a therapist at one point because it, I think they were thinking that maybe they needed to be told by a professional, like what was going on with me. And I remember like sitting in this room with this therapist and there'd be basically, you know, uh, two groups of toys and it was like Barbies and trucks. And like, yeah. I would always go for like the Monopoly game. So it was very confusing to everyone. Like, well, that's not telling us anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've talked to my parents about that since. I was like, you know, you sent me there. Was it to like reprogram me? And it certainly wasn't that. They just sort of wanted to have a professional tell them what was yes. going on with me. Yeah. I had that exact uh, therapy. Oh, yeah. Like one of my earliest memories is like, choose the toy. Right. I, I was like, great. I'll be playing with these Barbies. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you made it easy for them. I yeah. did it, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any sort of like gay underground? In that, not that I knew of. I I left Albuquerque when I was seventeen, so I I didn't really, and certainly at high school, and I don't I don't think so. If there was, I didn't know about it. I wasn't invited to the club. Sure, I don't think so. I think people were really, and I don't want to speak poorly about my high school. There's a lot of amazing things that that came out of that experience in those four years. But um, I don't. I just think people are really afraid to if they were if they were gay, they were afraid to to come out. And I, I. I know of people who I've heard are, you know, gay now and living with their wives and husbands and um, that I went to school with. I'm like, well, why did, why did we not come together yeah. back then? I think everyone was just scared. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so from high school, where did you go? Then I went to uh, New York the, to the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And did leaving Catholic school and leaving high school in Albuquerque equal like done with the church? Yes. That was yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still like, I mean, if I go to a, a wedding or something, I occasionally still take communion just because I'm like, oh, it's yeah, tradition. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was I, I'm not I'm a spiritual person, definitely. Um, and I think I, I do believe in God. Um, and I, you know, but I don't believe in this, you know, a vindictive yeah. God. Do you have a, a specific practice? I meditate. Um, I have, I mean, honestly, if I, if I don't have to go to church, I, 
I, I won't. Yeah. So then what was then your first sort of relationship? Um, I dated someone that I went to school with in my musical theater class. Uh-huh. Um, we were roommates and then, you know, like he would just come over to my side of the room mm-hmm. and I, I was maybe with him for a year. Uh-huh. It's very convenient. Yeah. Right. <laughs> didn't have to go on dates. Didn't have to go to a Exactly. Bar. I mean, we didn't, we, it just sort of like we decided that we were going to start, you know, sleeping together. Basically. That's, God. Very convenient. Wow. Yeah. But that was my first sort of real, you know, experience with, with uh, a guy. And were there f- big feelings attached to it or was it just sort of. At the time, just because it was my first. Right. Yeah. Looking back on it, I mean, there was very little that I was, you know, able to grasp onto as far right. as, you know, like a relationship. Convenience was really probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was nice having a, a relationship that felt, um, real. And I felt like there was really emotion there. And like, it, it, you know, coming from high school where it just felt like there was so much shame around it to, to be in a, to be in New York city and to be in, you know, a, a musical theater class and yeah. like being able to be comfortable with myself and being able to, to be intimate with someone and have people see that and not be ashamed. But it was just that, that was very um, powerful for me. That is a shift. Yeah. That is a major shift, shift in a short amount of time. Absolutely. How long did it take you to catch up to it? Uh, a while. I mean, there was still like, you know, I didn't talk to my parents about it. Um, and I think there was still shame around, you know, if I was, if I was outside of my, my, my safety um, zone. And if I was outside of my bubble of my musical theater group of people, I, I certainly was more hesitant to show affection. Um, I think it was probably, you know, another three or four years before I really eased into it. Right. And then when did you tell your parents? Um, you know, my mom kind of, it's tricky because I, I was caught stealing gay porn when I was a sophomore in high school. What? So that was, I always kind of considered that my coming out because I'm like, sure. well, you guys, I mean, it's all right there. Sorry, okay. We're going to we need to hear, hear this entire yeah. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was a sophomore in high school and I would go to this Hastings bookstore and I would slip magazines under my shirt and yeah. take them home. And my first one, my parents found the stash of magazines that I had at home. Are we talking honcho? What there was a, a healthy mix of whatever I could get my hands sure. on. So Text, first they found everything pictures. from literally like black inches to honcho to playgirl. Like, I mean, uh-huh. it was all yeah. over the map. Yeah. And you did grab and they run. confront you when they found it the first time. Yes. And I think I said I was holding on to it for a friend of mine. Sure. You know what I mean? Like the classic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I do think that, and there actually, I think there was a few like straight porns in there, which, which I think my, my, my father really held on to. It's like, well, there are, there are women sure. in here as well. So yeah. you know, I was just, I was exploring. I was confused. Yeah, I was yeah. you know, figuring it out. Um, but one, one time when I was getting my materials from Hastings, the, um, the alarm went off. Oh no. And I was exiting the store. Oh no. And the lady at the, the desk was like, do you have anything in your backpack? And I was like, no, I shake my head. No. And then she's like, well, can I look through it? And then I didn't have anything in my backpack, but I had them under my, my, the front of my shirt and tucked to the front of my pants. And so I just lifted up my shirt and um, she saw it and she took me into a back room. They called the cops. They called my parents. They showed my parents the material that I was stealing. Um, I had to go to 
I, 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 I wasn't treated well. I feel like yeah. the system did not do good for me. Um, I, I had to do community service. Oh um, it was traumatizing. Yeah. How traumatizing. many magazines like to get three. the police involved? I, th- I felt like it was, I was, they were making an example out of me a little yeah. bit. Holy um, cow. What is going, what is, what are your mind and body feeling like? I just remember feeling numb and devastated and it was enough that I was shoplifting, which I know is against law, but then to be, have it be that. And to have everyone know exactly what you were shoplifting. And strangers knowing. And it's just, it was, there was so much shame around it. That was, it was hard to bounce back from that. Yeah. It was traumatizing. That'll stick to you. But that being said, like, I do feel like, okay, if, if you're, if you're a parent and your child is stealing this you've already found materials in in your home like let's just like can we call that his coming out experience no my dad (laughs) kind of refused to like acknowledge it and uh fast forward a little bit uh, you know when i was in when i was in at new york when i was in new york and dating this this roommate of mine my mom had come to visit and she could tell that we were romantically involved and she didn't mention anything at the time, but she wrote me a letter later saying, I, I have a feeling that you and your roommate are, are together. And I just want to be able to talk to you about it. And I ignored it. I ignored the letter. And when I went home that summer for uh, my, my, my break, my mom said, you know, you never responded to that letter. And so we ended up talking about it and it was a lot of tears and a lot of, you know, her saying, I just want things to be easy for you. And I said, you know, what's his dad know? And she goes, I've told dad. And, you know, he, he, you don't need to talk to him about it. I've already, I've already talked to him about this. And then, um, maybe a year later, my dad asked me if I had a girlfriend and oh, I boy. said, dad, I mean, you know, I'm gay. And he goes, oh yeah, your mother mentioned something about that. And that was sort of the last time I had to talk to him about that. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was tricky. And, but the thing is, um, I find, a, I find the struggle for my parents to be something that's valid. I feel like, you know, you can't expect people are going to change on their own time. I think, you know, I have two very loving and supportive parents. Now my, both my parents danced at my wedding. Um, you know, I couldn't ask for a more supportive family. That that's all, that's all I wanted. And if it, it, the the struggle was their struggle. And like, I certainly went through my own set of issues and, and, um, and, uh, drawbacks and I, I I I I had I had a hard time coming out and their acceptance of me and them having a hard time with me coming out I think is also a beautiful thing. I think you have to allow people that opportunity to change on their own terms and you can't force it. Um and you know I recently just did a play in New York City where um I was working with a fantastic trans actor named Ian Harding and I had so many questions about the trans community because I had, I know nothing about it. And I, I really had a lot of compassion for my father and my mom, but mostly my father, you know, it's like literally saying, I don't understand. I don't yeah. know what this is like. And I'm afraid um, I'm going to ask. And I'm afraid I'm going to ask the wrong questions. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I mean, if, if he felt even a fraction of what I'm feeling talking to Ian about who is incredibly open about talking about the trans community and, and very forthcoming and, and, um, you know, it was a fantastic experience. I learned so much, but I was like, if, if my father felt even a fraction of it, I completely understand what he was going through. Yeah. And it's just, it, it made me, I opened my eyes to his struggle in a way that I never expected. It really surprised me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find also that 
in my own relationship with my parents. After mm-hmm. I came out, I was just kind of like, I'm gay. See ya. Yeah. You know, it was right before my senior year of college and I never moved back. And I never, I think because I was still wound up in guilt and shame from, you know, from my sort of Catholic upbringing, I felt too weird about myself to press the issue with mm-hmm. my folks. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. To like really do that difficult right. work in the first year or two. Right. Because I hadn't done it with myself yet. Right. You know? Right. So I kind of just dropped it and ran. Yeah. You know? And I think that's valid though. Yeah. I think wanting to do the work on your own is is a great thing to do. Right. <laughs> I don't think you, you know, I think yeah. every story is different. You sure. Know, my husband, Justin, had a much different experience and, um, but at the end of the day, you know, we have this beautiful family and I have my parents who are very supportive and I have a great set of in-laws and like, it's just, it got to a really beautiful place. Not yeah. to say every story ends that way, right? Yeah. but mine luckily did. And also you do have to kind of let them do their work on their yeah. own, you know, in their mm-hmm. way. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that they have. Yeah. Cause all, uh, yeah. all that matters that they, is that they were willing to do it. Right. And it, it, I mean, it, it strikes me like how much you were sort of left to unpack on your own emotionally and psychologically mm-hmm. to get to where you are now mm-hmm. to like just the, the way you were treated as a kid. And the, this, you know, story about the, you know, the shoplifting thing sounds so scarring. Yeah. And so what. I still was can't it? walk through one of those metal detectors without getting palpitations. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> so was it was it therapy or was it just time that uh it wasn't therapy. It was it was time and it was finding that, you know, chosen family in, in New York and, and being around people who are part of the, the, the LGBTQ community and um just sharing experiences. And I, f- I think that's what really pulled me through. Um but I did. Yeah, it, it took a while. I mean, I've, I, I'm going to say it was even like maybe my early 30s before I started like really just being comfortable with who I was. So it wasn't starring on a hit TV show. I was hoping that you would say that fixes everything. <laughs> it does help. I mean, truly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. honestly, like being a role model and like you know being able to play a role on television that um, reflects a, a relationship and a and a family that like I certainly strive to have when I was a kid, you know, knowing that I'm able to be that for people, um, you know, in certain bubbles of this country is, yeah. is a really empowering thing for it's sure. Huge. Yeah. It's yeah. Massive. Yeah. Um, are there kids in the, uh, in the picture for you and Justin? Uh, n- n- nothing official yet, but yes, that's something we both want. Yeah. Okay. Can I hear a little about your wedding and and like yeah. the lead up to it? Who, what, were were there were, any bridezilla vibes in the? No, era? no. We I was doing a play in New York. Uh, we got married in New York City, and um, marriage wasn't actually legal in California at that point. So we decided to to do it in uh, New York, and then I think we marriage passed in June of that year. I believe was it June? I think so. And um, and we were scheduled to get married in July. So we, we stayed married. We, we kept our plans to get married in New York. Um, but, uh, I was doing a play, so I was very busy. We kind of put a lot of the main major decisions on our wedding planner. But the one thing that I, I got, Oh, this is such a full circle moment. You guys are going to be so stoked about this was Tony Kushner officiated our wedding. Oh, I read that. The writer of angels and America. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he knows the story about how I, I did, you know, a cutting of Angels in America in high school and, you know, George Wolf, who directed Angels in America on Broadway, 
directed me in on the town, my very first show that I, mm-hmm. I did. So there's a lot of uh, full circle moments in, in my life. And that was having him stand up and officiate our wedding was super powerful. That's beautiful. Were there a lot of tears? Oh, my God. I bawled. Yeah. Bawled. I want to cry thinking about it. But yeah. Uh, yeah. That's incredible. Um, I would like to do two more hours. But yeah. I know we have to let you <laughs> go. Uh well, thank, thank you so you. much for Seriously. doing this. Thank you, Jesse. Absolutely. Thank you for having and me. Thank you for everything you do. You, you, oh, you are a role sweet. model, and um, it, it's so awesome to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Well, Jesse, Tyler Ferguson, thank you so much for coming. Oh, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. I mean, he was great. Really friendly. One of the best. Super talented. Thank you so much. Um, thank you to everyone at Earwolf. We're giving thanks. Oh, 100%. We're giving thanks to Dana. We're giving thanks to Ryan. We're giving thanks to Colin. We're giving thanks to uh, Matt. We're giving thanks to all, all the Earwolf babies. Mm-hmm. All uh, you homophiliacs. All home. of you candied yams out there um, with your little marshmallows. We are just knelt in gratitude for y'all. We are on our knees. Yes, we are. This Thanksgiving. We want to take you there. Um, thank you so much for listening. We truly are uh, grateful uh, for your for your enthusiasm, for your participation, for all of it. Have a very great Thanksgiving, Matt. Have an awesome Thanksgiving. Happy thankful Thanksgiving, for you, my friend. Dave. I'm grateful for you. Bye, guys. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Jesus! I mean, Jazos! (laughs) Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.